On today's JMO with Josh and Joe, we have college football week zero, baby. Let's go. Week zero college football is here. We roll through some of the game. All well, yeah, we do some of the games, huh? We touch up on them. We touch up on most of the games. I think we we kind of we mention all seven games. Yes. Well, we we tell what the over under was. I think. Yeah. Something like that. All right, so we go through that. We have a little bit of college football news. Then we get to OT Dish on this date in sports history. Then after that, we move on to NFL preseason week three. We're almost there. Nobody cares about week three. No. We'll tell you why. Um, then we have a couple of uh, couple of NFL news um, that we get to. Talk some U.S. Open. A little tennis action. First round of the U.S. Open going on. Actually, some decent matches. Mm-hmm. Talk about our new favorite players. Uh. Uh. <laughs> um, then we got to finish off the show, the Swamp Kings documentary. We uh, do a little recap and tell you uh, how we feel about it, which, let's put it this way. Tim Tebow got me mad again. It, it sent you right back. It, 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 yep, sent me right back to 06. I was not happy with it. So, all right, let's rock and roll. Welcome to JMO with Josh and Joe. It is Tuesday, August 29th, and Joe, college football is finally here. Just give it to me. I can breathe now. There's meaningful college football on my TV. I get something to talk about besides preseason baseball and preseason football, baseball, tennis, golf, whatever the fuck was on TV this whole entire summer. We have football back. It just means more. It does. It's so nice. We have college football week zero. I do love the week zero. It's a. It's like it's the pregame before. Before the actual season starts, it's just a nice little pick me up, if you will, before you get going with the race. It's like you know when when you were um, playing sports in in high school or college or whatever, mm-hmm. and you needed to do that little warm up to get you ready for the game. Yes, that's what week zero is. It's a warm up. It is. It's a warm up week. It's nice. Um, well, you can't blow out your vocal cords, you know, all in week one. So obviously, they get you, they get you that warm up phase, that week zero, kind of get you acclimated back into college football, and that way you're ready to go on week exactly. one. Exactly, you got to get loose, you got to get warmer, else you're gonna pull something. They understand their fan base is, you know, a growing fan base, getting a little bit older, and we we have to get, we just have to get warmed up now. Yeah, they're thinking about the fans. This is the nicest thing the NCAA's ever done, ever. That's it. <laughs> it's giving us week zero. Uh, but yeah, we had a cool, um, nice little seven-game slate. Uh, it wasn't anything too eye-opening. Um, I let's—I say we just jump right into it. Notre Dame versus Navy was—it um, was in Ireland. Yes, I'll say that it was in Dublin. the The grass was green. Um, it didn't rain. Um, the NCAA put forth their their best option for a Ireland. You know, c- considering the mascot. Right, yeah, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, it, it seemed a little bit appropriate. Um, not much of a game, though. No. Uh, probably could have sent a little better opponent than Navy. Everybody in South Bend, Indiana is like, oh, we're going to the promised land. Pump your brakes a little bit, kid. Yeah. Oh, the hype The hype train for Notre Dame has got some momentum. Got was, some extreme momentum. It was huge. And here's the thing. You should have beat but Navy by... 
what, 39 points? You should have beat them 42 to, not, the, to 3. That, mm-hmm. that, that's what you should have done. The Navy is basically, if you, if you watched them, it was almost like the offense was playing against a scout team defense. Yeah. Like, that's how it looked. It was, it, it just, they were just bigger, better, faster, stronger, the, everything. Um, I, I will say this. Navy did pass the ball seven times. They passed it seven times. They passed it seven wow. times. Wow, okay. Um, so I, I, I don't know if they're slowly trying to get away from the triple option. I still don't understand that. Like, they know, like, you're going to run the ball. You know, like, I've just never understood it. I, I respect it. I, I like, somebody who's that hard-headed, I, at, at a certain point, it, it gets to the point where I have I can't be pissed off and I just respect it. Yeah. Well, when it's the triple option now, I mean, it's, it's awesome when it's working. Like, it's just like a well-oiled machine when it's working. But that usually happens, like, once every 50 years now. Right. So, like... You know, it's yeah, it's definitely outdated, but it, it does look cool whenever everything is flowing and you got the defense all on his heels. You know, they don't know where the ball is, misconception, but it's just a little outdated at this point. Yeah. I, I think athletes are a little bit better than they were back in the day. Uh, yes, on both sides of the ball too. So it's tough. Um, Notre Dame needed this to win like that because I, even though he was hired in in twenty twenty one. Uh, Marcus Freeman needs. It, I think he's coaching for his job this year. Uh, they were. It was very underwhelming season last year for Notre Dame, and that's just how quickly college football moves these days. Oh yeah, I most think, definitely. I, I think you can. Yes, it does. It happens that fucking fast. Yeah, well, because they moved on from Brian Kelly, and to see a significant drop, like obviously fan Bad. bases are going to think like, oh, we should be the same team. We should be at least. You know, especially if you do like an in-house hire like that, they're gonna be like, everything should be the same. We should still be winning, go into the playoffs, yada yada yada. And I mean, if you think about it like that, yes, it, it, if if he's in-house, you should have the same system, you should have the same players, say pretty much the same staff. Like they do, you would expect somebody to pick up right where Brian Kelly left off, or Freeman to pick up right where Brian Kelly left off. That's just not it. I, it just was not the case last year. Um, yeah, I, and you can't have bad losses. You can't have bad losses yeah. when you're a first-time coach. When you start having bad losses, then you're like, uh, then the fans are just going to think worst-case scenario, everything's downhill from here. Like the world, the sky is falling. Yada yada yada. We're just passionate fans, though. That's We're just passionate the way, fans. That's just the way it is. Um, Sam Hartman, I will say this: Sam Hartman um, didn't look bad. He had uh, 19 to 23, 251 yards, four tutties, zero interceptions. I didn't watch the entire game. Um, I know they kind of like they didn't really push down the gas on him, like as far as um, attempts and using him. But he, he didn't look bad. He didn't look he didn't look terrible. Uh, again, granted, this is against the JV team, so can't really you don't really know. You don't how know to take it. you don't know exactly how how good Notre Dame is going to be. But at the same time, they did exactly what they were supposed to. They do. did what they were supposed to do. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Yeah, I mean, it was just a, it was the first game. All eyes were on it. It just sucks. It was a blowout. Yeah, but they did what they were supposed to do. Um, a little SEC talk. Vandy got the W. That's nice. It's a nice little start for Clark Lee. He needs it. Um, I I personally think he can probably go. He he could probably go 500 this year and it'd be fine just because that's that's how vandy is oh absolutely he's a vandy alumni recent i think he graduated in 2008 
Um, he looks like a defensive coordinator. He like, does. That man looks like he should be coaching the linebackers. He's and got maybe that, headbutting them too. He's got that Robert uh, Salah type bit. of look. Yeah, yeah, a like, little bit. Like not all bald men look alike. <laughs> this, these Robert Salah and uh, Clark Lee, they are like, they are muscular linebacker looking bald men. Those yeah. are the Brian Urlachers of the world. Yep, yep. Whereas Brian Dayball is a little different looking fat guy. Yeah, he's fat got a little guy. bit. He's he's more of an Andy Reid type of, you know, more body, shy, uh, body. shape. Yeah, yeah. See, the, the, there's just different. And then if you got a skinny bald dude, it's just look just he looks like uh was that? James Franklin? Um yeah, James Franklin. <laughs> um what's that little cartoon? Oh my gosh, that little cartoon white boy. Um Chilo, Krylo. Oh, I don't God, even know I what you're talking about. Oh man, I can't think of his name. Um Fuck. Anyways, uh, that's what you would look like. The skinny, skinny bald, not good. Not a good look. You gotta, if you're gonna be bald, you gotta be buff or fat. Yeah. Um, and Clark Lee, he is a buff guy. He's a buff, buff bald. Yeah, buff bald. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, USC dominated, which it's San Jose State. The fact that San Jose State scored 28 is is just appalling. Honestly, you do they not? Is defense is uh. USC just not going to play defense this year? Lincoln Riley doesn't know that you're supposed to play defense. I don't think he's ever played defense. I'm sure like his practices consist of like 80% of the time they're going over offensive plays, and then the rest of the 20% is whenever they he gets reminded that they actually have to work on their defensive formations. Right. So like that's probably – I would see that, that being the type of split that they have at practice every time. I agree. Yes, and I, honestly, he probably just works on the DBs on defense just because they catch the ball sometimes yes so that Lincoln Riley no idea um Caleb Williams looks nice I mean we knew we knew going into this game we knew going into the season uh he's got he's got the number one odds for uh top odds for repeat as Heisman um Lincoln Riley loves to sling the ball that's it's it's fun it's fun when you when you let your quarterback just air it out like that and he did have a really good play um what was it he Fumbled the ball, I think, and then got it back, and then just I'm talking chucked it downfield. Oh yeah, just chucked it. Yeah, a little. They called it the Caleb Williams black magic. Um, I want to wait till he goes up against a real defense. It's gonna be nice when USC goes to the Big Ten. I'm gonna I'm looking forward to that because that's what I want. I want to see them play good teams. You know, week in week out. I don't want to see them just play cupcake Pac-12 teams. I will say he still has to play Utah, which seems to be uh, seems to be his uh, nemesis. Yes, yes, or um, at least Link, Lincoln Riley's. Link, yeah, that, okay, that, that was about to say. I think USC's usually been pretty good against Utah, but Lincoln Riley's zero and two against Utah. Lincoln Riley doesn't like Utah. Yeah. Got it. So, um, but yeah, the future Arizona Cardinal. He's he played well. Um, he's. So he had a pretty good game. I mean, he's going to be good, like you said. He, it's just they're they're going to be you know spreading the ball in that Lincoln Riley offense. Zachariah Branch is a name that he put himself on. Real quick before you go go there, what Joe meant by the Arizona Cardinals thing is he he's predicting the Arizona Cardinals to be so bad this year that they're going to get first pick and they're going to use that first pick to select Caleb Williams. Well, they're not favored in any of their games. None. Not mm-hmm. a single fucking game. And if you look at their lineup right now for the uh, for quarterbacks, it doesn't look pretty, but we'll get to that a little bit later. Anyways, the name you uh, everybody should watch. Yes. So, But the name that everybody should watch right now, 
Zachariah Branch put his name on the map he's for nasty. college football. True freshman. Nasty. He's fast. He's real fast. He's really fast. He's and I, nice. He's nice. And I will say, because San Jose State, let's be real, they, they kind of kept up with them. Which yeah. I think any good offensive team is going to keep up with USC. Well, I I wasn't able to watch the game um, because I had prior obligation. But apparently not very many people were able to watch the game anyways. Yeah. What, they had to, like, what, stream it on their phone or something? Yeah. Unless it, you had, uh, what was it, Apple TV? Or unless you had Apple TV? Or what, what, what yeah, was that I contract? Think that, I think it was Apple TV. Like it was you, just something. Unless uh, you had Apple TV, you could not watch this game. Yeah. Or so, you, you, you had to give your computer a virus. So it's like these new these new uh, streaming devices that are trying to get bid into these live action sports, which is, you know, basically going to be like the biggest thing now, which are live action anything, because, you know, now that you can stream TV shows, you know, whatever you want. Yeah, it's it's all I, I really do think it's all going to end up back like cable. Like it, <laughs> it's just you're going to. I don't know. Everybody's just, gonna get bundles. Everybody's gonna bundle. Bundles. Yeah, it's just gonna bundle because no, people are gonna be sick of just paying for like five different um, subscriptions. So, yep. You know, Max, Hulu, Netflix, Disney. Just it, it's it, there's so many things, and then like you're not gonna be able to share your password soon. Fuck that. Yeah, but back to the game. Yeah. So basically, USC when so Zachariah Branch actually had that sick return. Uh, for a touchdown, but if you notice the score, no one really talks about it. It was thirty-five twenty-one late in the third quarter. Late in the third quarter, and so they were kicking it off. So San Jose State just scored. <laughs> yeah, the the if the final score is a little off, I'd say. Now, granted, the the good teams usually come through in the third and fourth quarter. Yeah, that, they pull away. You, you you'll start to see where the talent separates them. And it's in the third and fourth quarter. Now, granted, I do like your what you pointed out there. That was late in the third quarter. So mm-hmm. they kind of held up with them after the halftime adjustments. Yep. One thing I wanted to ask you about, again, because I didn't watch the game. This guy for San Jose State, running back Quali Conley. This man had six rushes for 108 yards and no touchdowns, which means... He had 18 yards to carry, but none of them were for like a 72-yard breakaway touchdown run. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I, what happened there? It did, or was it garbage time minutes that he got that? Like, but that's that's six rushes for 108 yards. Yeah, no, that was actually mostly first half, first half stats. That was first half stats. Yeah. See. What happened there? Uh, did well, they did they did they start reeling and and say, hey, we're we're behind, so we got to throw the ball more. Um, I, I mean, yeah, probably so. I would have to say, but at the same time, like they're they're more of a pass first run, you know, run second type of team. So they you know set up the they they pass the ball to set up the run. Yeah, I get it, but man, six rushes, hundred eight yards, eighteen yards of rush. He's he's got to be doing something. He's got to be he's got to be good. He's got to be good. You almost think that they should have probably gave him more because the, that that defensive line just it's just what wasn't there. Didn't no. show up. Yeah, like uh, I don't know. It's just it's something I wanted to point out about this game. It was just the only like stat that really stuck out to me as kind of odd. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Louisiana Tech got a W. Uh. They're gonna be fun. They'll they're be fun. they're going to be so much fun, bro. They are letting that quarterback sling the ball. He threw the ball forty four times. Yep, forty four times. That's for a small school. Fucking love it. Um, I uh, 
I, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking for. I, we're we're Louisiana boys, so we do mm-hmm. we we do homey things. But they got W. Um, I think that's about all I have on um the games. Do you have uh, do you have anything else on the games? Uh, no, that's about it. I was gonna okay. just mention. I got we, a couple other college football things. But. It was it was nice to see good close games. I mean, like you said, the La Tech FIU twenty two seventeen, San Diego State Ohio was a close one twenty thirteen uh, twenty to thirteen. Uh, Jacksonville State University. They uh, that was a three point game, huh? That was, or yeah, that was the uh, versus UTEP seventeen fourteen. They got their first win as a Division One school. FBS baby, welcome yep. to the welcome to the big boys club. So yeah, it was nice to see. Like that's basically what you want to see with these Week Zero because they're never really big headliners. There's no. a couple big headliner or blue chip teams as we saw with Notre Dame and USC. But there's never big headliners in this. So basically, what you really want to see is you just want to see close games. And that's what we got. Good games, yeah. And the overhit. And the overhit. But unfortunately, it only, of the seven games, the over only hit three times. Mm. So it was, it was close to 50-50. But yeah, you won't... You, I just, it's, a, it's a college football game. Not in the SEC. I want to see the overhit. Okay. Um, so other college football-related news... Um, Deion Sanders mo- might be the most football guy of all football guys. Oh, he's a football guy. He, he literally got his his toes amputated so he he didn't have to miss any football. Yeah, when he, he was coaching at Jacksonville State. Yeah, or yeah, Jackson like, State. Yeah, like that. It, it's just it's a beautiful thing. I yeah. love it. Um, he uh, he's a, he's a, I think he's like a hard nosed type of coach. I, oh, definitely. I, I think he he when players went to play for him, that's why he had a lot of people leave. Um, at Colorado, because I think he came in and was just like, no nonsense, you're going to... Kind of like how Urban Meyer ran things in 06, which we'll uh, we'll get to on the Swamp Kings doc. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love it. I think he's old school. Oh, he definitely is. And nobody expected that, that out of him. But that's like, he's one of those coaches like that he just earns respect from just like examples like that, where mm-hmm. it's, it's like my coach is like you know cutting his toes just for just to be here. Yeah, like yeah. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go die for that guy. Right. Yeah. So like <laughs> he, I, I think it would have been he would have been out for the season or something like with rehab. You know, I I think that's what maybe it with like surgery, like uh, with the surgery and in the rehab. I think he would have been out for the season or a couple of games. It might have been, but yeah, big football guy there. Um Last thing I have, last thing I have is uh, a guy, young man by the name of Carson Beck. Do you know who that is? Carson Beck. Yes. Do you know who that is? He who is, is that? He is succeeding the Stetson Bennett of Georgia. You are wrong. Oh. You are wrong. Carson Beck is the ultimate titty guy. Oh, Carson guy. Beck, certified tit guy. Ah, what? He um, Georgia quarterback being a frat guy. <laughs> yeah, a <laughs> no. tit guy. A tit a guy. Tit guy. Um, yeah, this is a, uh, this is a good one. It, it, he, it's a, uh, a Snapchat that got screenshotted. Um, it, uh, he said, responding to this chick, apparently not trying to be weird, but especially when your tits are out, gets my shit hard immediately. Mm. Um, okay. This is great information. Okay. This is great information. Um, every team. Now needs to have the universities need to pay for girls with ginormous cans to sit front row, front row, front row, right behind the Georgia bench. Anytime they play, 
or maybe like behind the end zone, where behind like the end how zone, where wherever his corner of the end his zone, vision is we just, at. We, you know what? We need to strategically place girls with giant cans, yes. just all around the stadium. And when he goes to do anything, just show a little nip or a little cleavage. You don't even have to show the nip; just show the cleavage. See, and boom, Carson Beck distracted. See, the problem is, is like you. What you need to do is you, most of the time, defensive coordinators have to watch film in order to get your weaknesses. You can't give your kryptonite like that out. He just he. I mean, he put it on display. Just like, put it on display. The, it's that's a rookie move. Rookie right there. move. Yes. Yeah. I don't know how old he is, but rookie move there, bud. So there you go. You got the blueprint for how to beat Carson Beck in Georgia, because you're gonna need it. Because Georgia's fucking good. Yep. Anything else in college football? Uh, Kyle McCord gets the start over Devin Brown um, at o- Ohio State. They finally, finally made the announcement, which doesn't really bode well when you're wanting a quarterback um, starter. But do you really think the quarterback race was that tight, though? I honestly, I think from the sound of it. Devin Brown's the better quarterback because Ryan Day came out and said Kyle McCord deserves it. And, like, I don't know if that's, like, a seniority type of thing. Like, he just because he's been at the program longer, he wants to give it to him. I don't know. It's it's a, Coaches have to strategize a little bit nowadays because, especially with NIL and people transferring all the time, if you want two good quarterbacks – Typically, like the best way to do it is have the battle run all the way until the until the beginning of the season, and that way you have two quarterbacks for the whole season. I kind of like this strategy, though. It's a it's a strategy I, I I say that teams need to implement every time they get a rookie quarterback in the NFL. Let the older guy, who's maybe probably not as talented, let him start, and if he does well, great. And if he doesn't, let him fuck up and let the young guy come in so that the bar is set. Low. Like, I know Ohio State always has a high bar, but when you got a guy who just loses a couple of games and then you got a younger guy that comes in, there's a new energy, there's a new there's a new focus, you got, like, new hope, basically. And yep. then if the, the new guy doesn't do well, it doesn't look as bad. Yep. But if he does very well, it looks even better, which makes his confidence go up. So I, I kind of applaud Ryan Day for this move. I think it's the right move. Okay. I like it. Um, let's see. Let's, you want to get to OT Dish? Let's get to OT Dish. All right. On this date in sports history, uh, you start. <laughs> okay. All righty. In 1925, after a night on, on, on the town, Babe Ruth shows up late for batting practice, and Miller Huggins, the Yankee manager, suspends him and slaps a $5,000 fine on him. Which five thousand dollars back then is 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 like fifty thousand nowadays. Well, when I first was looking at it, I thought to myself, I was like, oh, five thousand dollars, whoop de doo, pro athlete. But then I thought about it, and I was like, hey, this was back in nineteen twenty five. So of course, I got my Chat GPT out and was able to account for inflation. That would be this equivalent of over a seventy eight thousand dollar fine. Holy shit! Yeah, just for showing up. You know, ha- hammered. Well, it, it is kind of cool to see that Babe Ruth was one of, pretty much one of us. He's one of us. Yeah, he just liked to go out and get fucking hammered. Yeah. Like, it, it's, it's normal. That's, that's like, 
I don't know. We just always, I always had those like older guys raised to this like really high standard of like professionalism and mm-hmm. shit. No, they like to go get fucking trashed. They, they he was the Johnny Football of yeah, that time. He, he was the Johnny Football of the MLB baseball in the 1920s. I mean, he had the name Babe Ruth. Yeah, the Babe. The I yeah, the Babe. The, the Great Bambino. Like, yes. Come on, dude. You know this guy's getting fucking trashed. He was probably yeah, exactly. He was probably clubbing it up. And if you know if the, if he was around in 2020. Or 2010, he probably would have been partying like Johnny Football. He would have had his social media would have just been lit. Oh, Liddy City, bro. Yeah, Liddy City. Um, but yeah, they're, so they they're just like us. It's they, great. Yeah. There's they love they love the party. Um, in 1889, in uh, whoa, <clears throat> yeah, 1889. Back this in the is, Civil War. No, that's 18 1864. <laughs> 1864. Yeah. Um, in 1889, this is because we have the U.S. Open for tennis. Uh, the first American international professional lawn tennis contest in was uh, played in Newport, Rhode Island. Ooh. First international lawn tennis. Okay. Rhode Island. It's not a real- is that the last time they had a sporting event there. I didn't even know it was big enough to have a sporting event there. <laughs> it covers the entire state. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know you can get from one side of the to the other from one side of the state to the other in forty five minutes. Forty five minutes. Yeah, that's how wow. that's how small Rhode Island is. But anyways, with traffic, I, I don't know about. Rhode Island. Okay. I don't know what kind of what traffic they have in Rhode Island. I don't know. I don't even know if people live in Rhode. They Island. They might not be able to fit. Enough I don't. People might not be able I, yeah, to fit. I don't, I don't think they they live in people live in Rhode Island. But okay. anyways. Um, my biggest thing is like, when, when, when did people think that playing tennis on grass was a good idea? I don't know who thought of that first. I don't, I just, it doesn't make any sense. Like I know U.S. Opens played on, uh, whatever that shit, whatever the stuff's called. Um, but lawn tennis, I, I just don't get it. I don't understand how the, how the ball bounces. Is that something that they advance to artificial turf, you know, at a certain point? That would be cool. I mean... It would cause a lot of injuries. Yeah, I was about to say, everybody would (laughs) shatter their ankles. Yes. I don't know. But they wouldn't be playing with cleats, though. Typically, they don't play with cleats on... Right. True. I don't know. Maybe they would have, like, like indoor soccer shoes. They probably would be bleeding up, like, you know, up and down their arms if they slide. That is true. It'd get messy. 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 It'd be like a 300 movie. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so that was talking a little tennis. What's your next one? All right. In 1974, San Francisco Giant Jim Barr uh, retires the first 20 pa- uh, batters that he faces. And then that adds to the last 21 he retired six days earlier for a record of 41 in a row. Pretty crazy. That's wild. 41 in a row? Yep. Jesus. When was the last time you did anything 41 times in a row? Uh, I jacked off 41 days in a row. That's, yeah, okay, never mind, I stand corrected. <laughs> I'm gonna go, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go to my next one. Um, that is really impressive, though. Yeah, it's a, it's an impressive feat. Yeah. It takes a lot of commitment. I was about to say, I've, I don't think I've ever jacked off 41 times It's like, times it's a, a grind. Row. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. Did you, uh, what, what was your porn selection? Did you have the same porn? Did you use different sites? Did you... You know, you had to mix it up a little bit. You know, you could go to your your go tos, but at a certain point, you just had to put some bizarre stuff. You a know, little, little gay porn in there too. Ah, you know, it got close. <laughs> it got close. I don't know, man. Some of those, uh, some some of those videos, they get like you know, like the double penetration. They uh, 
They get close. It's questionable, you know? They it's get a little close. questionable. I'm just like, ah, I don't know if I like this or not. Yeah. Um, but anyways, all right, let's stop talking about porn. Uh, in 1892, Pop Shriver of the Cubs caught a ball that was dropped from the top of the Washington Monument. This has nothing to do with anything, but the fact that in 1892 they thought it was a good idea to drop a ball off the top of the Washington Monument and thought that was cool. That was a significant moment in history. Right, yeah. Um, and the best part of this whole thing is uh, the name Pop Shriver. Yeah, uh, obviously this is big time, big time name, name yeah, big, game, big name. Um, it was, it's a nickname. His name is Billy, but uh, Pop, Pop Shriver. Well, we're all about nicknames. All about nicknames. We need bring back nicknames. Hashtag bring back nicknames. Um, but yeah, off the top of the Washington Monument. Now it was 1892, so I don't know how they got up there. Not a clue. Pulleys, pulleys, baby. Maybe climbed. Aliens. Aliens. I mean, aliens probably were aliens. it. Aliens. Yep. Yep. Okay. Cool. Um, let's see. Let's get to the NFL. Let's get. Let's uh, let's breeze through the NFL. It's a fucking. It's preseason week three. Nobody really fucking cares. Um, Except <clears throat> when vintage Jimmy Graham comes back. Vintage fucking Jimmy Graham. That was the greatest part about this entire weekend. Yeah. Was just seeing Jimmy Graham back in his back in his natural element, man. He. I'm so pay, I'm so pissed he didn't dunk the fucking ball. I know. I'm so. He went up. And he faked us out. He he gave us a tease. He gave us a, a big tease. time tease. Like, uh, come on, Jimmy. We can, we'll all we'll we'll start a GoFundMe just so that you can do it every time. Like, oh yeah, it's it's gonna be a couple of thousand dollars. I'm sure we can find some people in New Orleans to donate. Maybe even a, a individual that right. can cover the entire fine. Dude, we'll, we'll figure it out, man. Just dunk, dude. Dunk it, bro. I don't care. Um, I really did have to check my calendar to make sure it was we were in the year of 2023 and not uh, 2013. Dude, I uh, you're right. I don't give a fuck what happened the rest of that day. Yeah. Especially because I saw Jimmy. He had that over the middle throw where he like twisted his body around, mm-hmm. um, made the, an amazing catch, and then he had a vintage Jimmy Graham red zone catch just throw it up for a touchdown it was it was unbelievable it was it was really it really took me it really threw me back threw me back like i would i thought i was watching you know drew Brees, jimmy graham highlights i'm glad Jameis winston watched his saints you know highlights back in the day yes because he knew exactly what to do he got to the goal line and he just threw it up yeah oh it's amazing and i uh, god i hope we utilize jimmy graham like that this this year because he it didn't really look like he missed a step. Yeah. It really didn't. I, I, It was beautiful. Like I said, I don't really care what else happened, but I guess we got to kind of talk about it. Um, Aaron Rodgers made his start. Who cares? He did. He did, It wasn't the greatest showing, but did you really expect that? Did, did, were people really expecting him to play a couple of series and throw these bombs and actually like show what he they were planning on doing with him? Did they really think that they were going to do that? Well, you know what? Like Robert Sala, um, or Sala, said he had to get he had to get him used to MetLife Stadium, which he's acting like MetLife Stadium's a rocking stadium, and it's it's not. But it, well, I think it's the turf because you know, remember how he used to pick up and play with the grass uh, in, in at Lambeau Field. Yep, and then Les Miles used to eat the grass. Yeah, Les Miles ate at Tiger, the grass at Tiger Stadium. Right, right. Some people just are really obsessed with grass. They're I think a grass they're, guy. Yeah, I think they're trying to like get in tune with the with with the earth. Okay. Um, I don't know. Is that an ayahuasca thing? 
I don't now. <laughs> I think Les Miles was on some drugs, but I don't know what kind of drugs. I don't know if it was ayahuasca or not. Yeah, he probably was on the hard shit. I crack. Yeah, yeah. He was smoking PCP. Um, again, like I said, five of eight, forty-seven yards, and a touchdown. What else do you expect? He wasn't going to put up 300 fucking yards. He wasn't going to do his Hail Mary passes. He wasn't going to be athletic and run around the field. You knew nobody he nobody expected that. Yeah. Or I guess people did expect that, but people shouldn't have expected it. Yeah. Nah. Not nothing much to see. It's just it is what it is. It's not going to make me more excited or less excited that I have Garrett Wilson on my, you know, on my team. Right. <laughs> my fantasy team. It's it, it Garrett Wilson's gonna be so nice. Yeah. Um. Another person that's another receiver that's gonna be nice, and a team that I think might surprise everybody is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Kenny Pickett looks really good. He looks good. George Pickens is is like Megatron in the sense that like you throw it anywhere remotely around him, he's going to catch it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if the the fucking defender's draped all over him. He will make the catch. Yeah. He might not be as good or as big as Calvin Johnson, but in the sense of just snagging the ball within a 10-foot radius around him is it that's they're kind of the similar. Yeah. 10-foot radius is a little bit much, but you get my point. Yeah. They've been exploding in the um preseason. And typically, you know, you don't usually put too much stock into it. But on this one, I'm not going to fool myself. This is real. I can t- I can tell when something's authentic and uh, chemistry is developing. And it, it's just, it looks really good. It's just the only problem I have, man, and it's been this way since college, is the Kenny Pickett two gloves, man. <laughs> it looks so weird. I can't get over it, man. I just like I it, it makes me cringe watching him throw it two gloves, you know? Like I just don't understand it. It's just like every time he releases the ball it looks like it's gonna release in an odd fashion because obviously it's coming from a hand with a glove. Right. I think it's gonna like stick and he's gonna throw it straight into the ground. Yeah. Or like peg his lineman in the ass. Something like that. I mean you see how those how the ball pretty much sticks to the wide receiver's hands. All right. Uh, you know what? I I really don't think that I think the Cleveland Browns are going to finish last in the AFC North. I don't think the Steelers are going to finish last, and I don't think they're going to. Now I don't think they're going to beat the Ravens or the Bengals, but I don't look for the Steelers. Maybe surprise a couple of teams in some games. Yeah, um, they might they might catch like the Ravens or the Bengals slipping up in Heinz Field. You know. Yeah. No, Mike Tomlin's going to have them sparring. He's going to have them sparring. For sure. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> that was a good quote. Yeah. What did he say? He said... You or, can't box if you're not sparring or something like that. You can't, Or you can't spar if you're if not you're boxing. Not bo- yeah, you can't box if you're not sparring. Yeah. And he was talking about, like, starting his starters. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I guess I guess not. I mean, <laughs> where's the lie? Where's, where's the lie? Where's the lie? Um, the only other thing I had left for preseason is uh, Ravens lost again. Maybe they're going to go on a nice little... Uh, Losing streak. Losing streak. So now it's time to bet, you know. Bet on them losing. Yeah, but as soon as, soon as I bet on them losing, they're going to win again. Well, you got it till next year. So. Yeah, so yeah. I'll let you know whenever I do bet on them again so you can fade. in the preseason, and that way everybody can fade them. Fade. Just fade. You know, public service announcement. Yep. Um, Just a little bit of uh, NFL news. Jonathan Taylor, no deal. No fucking shit. We told you. He just slapped it down. Just like, we, no yeah, deal. Yeah. Well, no, that was Jim Mercy. <laughs> because there were in teams that were interested in him. They just weren't going to give Jim Mer- give the Colts what Jim Mercy wanted. 
Yeah, that's true. And he told you he wasn't going to trade him. Jim Mercy said it. He said, I'm not trading Jonathan Taylor. So why why would people think that he was actually going to find something? No, no, it, he, he never he never had any intention on no, it. No, there was no chance. He well, it's why it's why he said it was you know he needed a first rounder. Yeah, it, it, he's was, petty. He exactly he was doing his his quote unquote due diligence, if yeah. you will. Yeah, you know how like when people are hiring a head, when a team goes to hire a head coach, yeah, you pretty much have who you want in mind, but you have to you have to interview other. Other coach. You have to interview the minorities. Right. <laughs> oh, I, um, I didn't say that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but you do have to be diverse in in uh, who you hire mm-hmm. or who you interview. So yes, that that's uh, that's pretty much what that was. Um, that means he is going to be out for the first four games. They're keeping him on the pup list, which means he's going to be out for the first four games. That I think that drops his fantasy value. A significant amount. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you got to think about, like, Alvin Kamara, how much his fantasy value went down just because he's suspended. For three games. Yeah. Now, this guy, he's, well, it's I don't— It's not even a definite he's coming back after right. four weeks. Well, I don't think he's injured. I think he's been, been sulking because he wants to be gone from the uh, from the, the cult. I don't yeah. think he wants to be there. So, nope. just basically, this is him pouting. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah— I think he's gonna. He's. I think he's. He's definitely dropping out from the first round. Oh, most definitely. Like I, he might not even be a. In my book, I don't think I wouldn't take him in the second round. Like it's because it's incredible because he was he he was like projected especially like in half point and standard uh, leagues he was projected in mid first round. Oh yeah, this is a huge drop. Um, one uh, another thing that uh, you pointed out earlier, I didn't realize this either until I saw it on the internet. The Indianapolis Colts. Don't have a single person over thirty years old on their fifty-three man roster. Definitely young. Yes, definitely young. That is wild to me. Which also, I think that it's just gonna. It means the Colts are gonna suck. I will say this: sometimes new coaches like that because if they're installing a new culture and a new like locker room presence and and a new philosophy, typically it's easier to do that conform people like whenever they're younger players. Yep. Agreed. Um, also, like Matt Rule did that at Carolina. He tried it. He tried to do it. Let's put it that way. He's but, a he's a college coach, and we'll 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 again we'll, we'll talk about it during the Swamp Kings doc. There are some people that are just college, college coaches. coaches. Yeah. Don't ever go to the NFL. Yeah, just your style and stuff, like how how you approach the game. Different, way different games. Yep. Yep. But, um, yeah. So like, which makes a lot of sense. So like. If he wants, to, if he's trying to install something new and he wants a little bit of youth and something, especially if you have time, like you, your first year head coach, and as long as you show progress and you just not, you know, basically not Nathaniel Hackett. Essentially, yeah. Yeah, you, um, you basically have time to develop. So get the younger guys, develop them. That way, you ain't got to worry about them leaving at least for retirement or you know something like that. I don't know. I think it's a good strategy. I think they're going to suck this year, but yeah, I think as far as what you're thinking, yeah, it's it's. I think it's better. Yeah. Um, Von Miller out four weeks. It's gonna. I think he's old. I think he's old too. He's so he's. he's I mean, he is old. I don't. I can't think that he actually. He, he is. actually is old. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit of a blow to the Bills' defense. Um, not having him out there. I don't know because they got a decent decent first couple of weeks. <clears throat> I know they have the Jets in there somewhere. Um, which is going to be tough. So, 
Yeah, that's um. Yeah, that was the only other thing I had for the NFL. Well, okay. I did see one thing. Um, guess how many 300-yard games Johnny Football has? How many? One. One. Guess how many 300-yard football games Justin Fields has? One. Zero. Ooh. Yeah. Justin Fields doesn't have a single 300-yard game. So you tell me Johnny Football greater than Justin Fields. I I'm just I'm just saying what the stats are saying. Numbers don't lie. Numbers don't fucking lie. Um, yeah. let's see, dude. I love how this picture was circling around the uh, internet. It was the guys that were drafted after Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. We have Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Panay Sewell. I don't know who that is. Pat Sertan, the second. Oh, J.C. Horn. J.C. Horn. That's Joe Horn's son. Oh, nice. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, Devonta Smith, Justin Fields, Michael Parsons, uh, Rashawn Slater, Mac Jones. All those were drafted after uh, Trey Lance. Those are all fucking studs. They're all studs. All studs. Um, I... You know what? I'll... I'll, Like, everybody loves John Lynch and everybody... Nobody's giving him shit for it. I'm gonna give him shit. That was a bad, bad move, John Lynch. That was a fucking bad move that you got... Absolutely, your ass saved by Brock Purdy. That was it. If Brock Purdy didn't work out, you would be on the hot seat, if not fired. You would be sweating worse than we are down here in South Louisiana. Do you remember that at that time leading up into the draft, Mac Jones was getting a lot of chatter about being the being that pick? Yeah. I yeah. mean, not saying it would have been much better, but... it was. That was a whole uh, Nick Saban... Mac, Mac Jones was a product of Nick Saban, and I don't think anybody should draft an Alabama quarterback. I don't think it's it's it, the Jalen Hurts is I guess kind of half Oklahoma, half Alabama. Um, Tua, he kind of can be more considered Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley. Um, I don't th- again look what Tua's done. Nothing. I mean, Tua's a decent quarterback. I just don't. I don't trust Alabama quarterbacks. That's what I'm getting at. Alabama quarterbacks. They just haven't shown anything for me, and it's been that way since the mid 2000s. They they didn't have to go through a whole lot. You no. know, when you have superstar NFL superstars surrounding your team at all moments, you didn't have to actually like you know go through some adversity. You know, right? You could just hand the ball off to Derrick Henry, and he could just truck stick everybody. Yes. You know, you could. You had Mark Ingram. You had Trent Richardson. You had just all of these fucking guys. Yeah. That you can just hand the ball off to, or throw the ball to, or you could just do a screen to Jalen Waddle, and he just takes he it just, upfield. He, t- he goes off. He goes off. Amari Cooper. You know, Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams. It does. You know, the all these fucking just studs. Julio Jones. Yeah. Um. Let's see. That's all I got for the NFL. You got anything else? Um, Pat's got an interesting strategy. They are. Uh, they have cut both of their backup quarterbacks. And yeah. What? Only has Mac Jones on the roster. Bill Belichick's going to use a kicker. Yeah, he's going to do something. No, he's going to use a, a little white wide receiver. Oh, that that makes a lot of a lot more sense. Yeah, he well, he, you, you know, he's going to have a Julian Edelman or a Wes, Wes Welker on the team. Yeah, he'll just use him. I tell you what, the, the the dark horse prediction though that everybody's coming up with, Tom Brady coming back one more year. Yeah, I I heard that. Um, dude, I don't care. <laughs> Who cares? I I just I don't care. I'm over it. I'm over it. If he actually decides to come back, I will pay attention. He will have. I will. Yeah, I will absolutely pay attention. It's time, Tom fucking Brady. I don't care right now. Yep. Um. Anyways, let's see real quickly. U.S. Open. U.S. Open's going on. I honestly, I just hope that it's Alcaraz and, and Djokovic again. That was fucking. That was that Wimbledon match was 
epic. Yeah. Epic. It was awesome. Um, Give us a rematch. Yes. I've been watching a little bit of it, actually. The first round's been pretty good. Been, well, actually, it's been okay. It's been a um, hit or miss. Some of them have gone just three sets. And I'm talking about the men's side. I haven't watched any of the women's. Uh, some of them have gone to, like a three-set sweep. Some have gone to five sets. Uh, but that's kind of typical what you see on the first round. On, on the first round. I yeah. do have my uh, a new guy that I'm kind of interested in. Um, his name is Corentin Moutet. Mm. Corentin Moutet. This guy is a short little French man, but holy shit, he has got a temper. Oh. And it's funny. He is known, I didn't know this, but he is known for breaking rackets. Is he short? He Oh, he's very short. Yeah. Oh. That's why I said short little French guy. Ah, that's like that. Oh, he's got that short man complex. And I was about to say, that checks all the boxes. Oh, yeah. And he, it's it's fun. It's, it's like, it's like remember when I used to like watching Curios before he had a mental breakdown? Yeah. Yeah. This guy is kind of my new favorite. I just, I something about like emotional tennis players. Mentally unstable. Yes. <laughs> I like to call them emotional, but yeah, mentally unstable tennis players. I love okay. watching them. Yeah. I love, I love it. You know, um, that's why like I like watching people like Jordan Spieth. You know, he talks while he plays golf. Like most of the time, people are prof- golfers have been professional. You know, they keep it even keel. I liked when Tiger got fucking excited. I love whenever Jordan Spieth talks to his balls. You know what I'm saying? Like, I need that. I need that in those slower sports. You know, mm-hmm. the, the ones that drag on for hours and hours. You know, it keeps me keeps me focused on it. You want to be entertained. Yes. And honestly, man, the, dude, these guys, these guys. I was I was watching Stan Wawrinka um, earlier. He was just he demolished this Japanese guy. Um, he serves it so fucking fast, dude. These are going 120 to 130 miles an hour, man. Yeah. Like, it is wild how fast these guys have to react. Yeah. It's very impressive. I mean, because it's honestly almost kind of same concept as baseball in a sense as far as having the reaction time. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're going about the same amount of uh, miles per hour. And then tennis, you actually have to move. You have the, to, well, in baseball, you have a, a, a stick. Yeah. So yeah, I, so there. I mean, it balances itself out, but it's impressive both ways, exactly. Regardless, but yeah, just uh, if you got a, a tennis ball coming at you 120 miles an hour and you're supposed to react to it, it's just. I, I like even if I swung as hard as I could, like baseball swing, I don't think I could hit the ball 120 miles an hour, mm-hmm. like not even close. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, that's the U.S. Open. That's our tennis talk. We'll have a little more tennis talk coming. Uh, but let's get to the Swamp Kings documentary. I was pumped. I was pumped about this one because this is I was like 15, 16, 17, 18 years old. I was in high school when this uh when the Florida was doing these things. Um they they definitely they definitely left a scar because I was uh they 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 pummeled LSU. They now granted they didn't in 05 and 07, but 06 and 08 not great. These were the days if you were an SEC or if your team was in the SEC that you were a fan of, but you it was not Florida, you hated Tim Tim Tebow. Oh, you couldn't stand nobody. Couldn't stand no, nobody liked Tim Tebow unless you were a Gator. Yes. Um, but anyway, so this uh, Swamp Kings documentary, it is basically, um, I guess it, it's the Untold series from Netflix. It is talking about the the 2006 and 2008. Um, Florida Gator teams. It's a uh, four four episode, do- excuse me, four episode documentary. We are going to summarize and give 
our takes on the first two episodes. Then we'll do the next two episodes um, next week. But anyways, let's go. Episode one, dude. He Tim Tebow looks like a baby. Yeah, I know. I know. Like this is obviously he was uh he was you know a young kid coming out of high school, but he just it's just wild how he looks like a baby. Yeah, I, I don't know. I always like seeing those those players go back and. It, Except for Brandon Spikes. Brandon Spikes looks exactly the same age. He, I mean, he was a grown man in college. <laughs> he was a grown-ass man in college. Yeah. Um, I forgot that. I, cause I I remember hearing about this, but I forgot that like in the beginning when Urban first got there, he made them dress in the visitor's locker room. Like they weren't allowed to wear Florida Gator gear yep. because they were they had to earn it. Yep. That was a, it, it it was just it was wild. He came in in like a like a military guy pretty mm-hmm. much. This guy like some of the things that he was making him do. Yeah. was just it was it was wild. I would my first initial thing that I uh, I saw was the uh the mat drills. The mat yeah. drills were intense. Like basically they would they turned into wrestlers. Dude, they they you know what it reminded me of? What's that? It reminded remember that scene in Django Unchained where they were in the Leonardo DiCaprio's house and he's in their living room and he's making them fight to the death? Yeah. That's what I thought of. Yeah. That's what I thought of. They they're just like they're literally wrestling UFC style until one of them passes out, which I think one of them did. There was yeah, there was one on camera that one, did. That passed out. I can't imagine that was the only scenario. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So they passed out or tapped out. Yeah. Which is fucking intense. That's wild. Um it dude it, it's it was brutal. He was he was breeding some like gladiators out there. He was breeding some like yes. some dogs. Dogs. Now it also Made me understand why he didn't work very well in the NFL. Yes. Like, just watching both of these episodes, because I've only seen the first two, the more and more I watch them, the more and more I'm like, that was the dumbest hire the Jags have ever, ever hired. Like, obviously, it's hindsight's 2020, but if you had done your homework and actually, which which is what a professional multi-billion dollar football team is supposed to do, Mm -hmm. you would have known right off the bat he wasn't going to be a good head coach. In the NFL, yeah, he was like the next. He was like a Nick Saban. Nick Saban was great. Obviously, the, probably the greatest college football coach of all time. Not good in Miami. Was not good in the NFL. Yeah, I just can't imagine like him. You know, going up to the Jacksonville Jaguars and is like, all right, hey, we're gonna do these mat drills, and then Trevor Lawrence being like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Yeah, you can fuck off. Yeah, and then he kicks him. <laughs> yeah, but like you know, Tim Tebow, he's he's jumping in head first. Fuck yeah, dude. That's I mean. Look, going back and now that everything's cooled off, because I I had a deep hatred for him for I, a good ten years after he graduated. Florida. Of course, like I had a deep hatred. Like going back now, that is the ultimate locker room guy. Like it, that is that is the guy you want like by your side, like pushing you and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I dude, I did see this man. They were they were uh, recounting the 2005 season. Do you remember this guy by the name of Tyrone Prothrow? Oh yeah. That was the ultimate what would have been receiver because that man was the best college receiver, one of the best college receivers I think I've ever seen in my life. He was he was good. It was he was the Alabama wideout for two in two thousand five. I think he's when he got hurt against Auburn. I believe. I can't no, remember it, what. No, I thought he got hurt against Florida. I thought okay, it might have been Florida, and it might not have been 05. It might have been 06 when he got hurt. But this guy, like I, I think I still have the picture somewhere. He his ankle 
was just basically hanging by skin. Yeah. It was the, like it had torn everything in his ankle. It was just basically hanging by skin. That was it. But Lord Jesus, this guy could play some fucking football. Yeah. Well, he had the signature behind the helmet catch. Yep. Against Southern Miss. I yep. remember that. It was, it was, it's probably, it's still, I think, the most impressive catch I've ever seen. In, yeah. In a college football game, at least. Mm-hmm. I'd say maybe OBJ in the NFL. But you in, also had Larry Fitzgerald. Um, he had behind the per, behind the back or behind the other player. Oh, behind the other player catch. Yeah. Well. As well. Yeah. Yep. Yep. There, there's some ones out there. There's some really. There's some highlight reels. But. Very very great ones. Um, I I do love how like you know Netflix is super fucking dramatic with like Tim Tebow reading the Bible. You know while the, out by the pool and the water's running. Their sun setting. Like with the headline. They needed a hero. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? It's exactly. like, golly. Come on, dude. Um, dude, I didn't realize they – what was it? The loss against um, – fuck. It was the loss against South Carolina. They were on the way back, and they were still in the plane, and Urban Meyer was heated, heated because they lost. And he heard two pe- – he heard a couple people laughing – on the plane in the back, mm-hmm. you remember this? Yep. And they he they made him stay in the plane on the runway for a full hour, and then proceeded to kick two guys off the off the team off right the then team. and there. They just left the plane and, and went home. Yep. That was it. They because they were laughing after the loss. That man hates losing. Oh yeah, they, hated losing. That was the big thing I noticed that what they stated, and it, it made sense. He, he hated. What was it? Dan Mullen said he hated losing more than he liked winning. More than he wanted to win. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which, I don't know how much I like that statement, but it worked for him. I, I mean, mean it, three yeah. three national championships. Yes. You can't, and, and one booty hole. Yes. If you count that, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, that's never going to. Uh, he didn't want to lose that booty hole. No, he did not. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I guess the last thing I had for episode one was uh, SEC fans are wild. We are fucking wild. He he got Urban Meyer got booed in the restaurant after the South Carolina. Like he walked into a restaurant and got booed after the South Carolina loss. Yeah, like this is wild, man. This yeah. is a first year head coach, and you're getting booed just because you're not Steve Spurrier. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's true. He was trying to they, they wanted they wanted a, a Steve Spurrier. That that was that was that. But that's that one game like that you can't you can't lose. No, no. Um, and we'll we'll. We'll talk about it here in a second, but they, he did end up beating South Carolina that next year. Um, we the episode two was was tough. Um, do you have anything else for episode one? Um, Brendan Siler's parents were pretty funny. Yeah, oh, how dude, they showed up they hammered. hammered. <laughs> <laughs> they were just fucking alcoholics. That's, yeah, that, that was it. And yeah, uh, <laughs> that is pretty funny. And he hug, he hugs Siler, and he's like, <laughs> you, "It's gonna be okay. I've never met any parents as crazy as yours." <laughs> he was a great addition to the show. I I've genuinely enjoyed having him as a commentator for the docu series. Yeah, yeah. So far, at least, yeah. Because yeah. I th- I don't think he was on the o- the O eight team. Yeah, I think he went pro after this year. Well, I wonder if they, they, I wonder if they go over 07 and 08. Too. Uh, we'll, we'll, I we'll guess, see. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I hope they go over 07 because that was our year, baby. Yep. Um, you know what wasn't our year, and I had to relive this. The uh, the jump pass. It was tough. It was tough watching it again. It it kind of renewed my hatred and fire against Tim Tebow. Tebow. Yep. It was tough. I'll never forget it. Uh, it was a close game. Like that was the, that was to go up and. Uh, 
That, but, that, I think that was where my hatred for Tim Tebow really began. Yeah. Well, that and then whenever he did like the call me signal. Yeah, but we kind of blew blew his shit up, and he had to get a new phone and new number. And yeah, shit. that that he realized real quick how vicious the SEC fans can be. Yeah, can really be. Yeah, yeah. Man, fuck Tim Tebow. <laughs> fuck Tim Tebow. I'm back on. <laughs> fuck back. Tim Tebow. That back motherfucker. We gotta find his number and call him again. Get every LSU fan to call him. <laughs> fuck that motherfucker. Whew. All right. Anyways, um. Well, like we alluded to earlier, this was a, a note I had in episode two. Brandon Spikes looks like a grown ass man when he put that hat on. Like I'm talking gold teeth and everything. That mo- that dude looked like in bench that that guy in uh, the movie Benchwarmers. Mm-hmm. He just handed the guy the umpire his ID, and it was basically a piece of paper with color with crayons saying "I am 12. I am twelve. Yeah, in a picture of him. Yeah, yeah. That's that's essentially what Brandon Spikes was. That is, he, he's. And I, I th- or Brandon Spikes, yeah, I, I, th- I think Siler kind of looks like a fucking grown ass man too. Yeah, he's he's a big man. He was a he was a grown man too. Yep. I, yeah, I get it. But uh, Brandon Spikes, I mean, from like you said, from his an uh, high school announcement. Yeah, I mean, like Tim Tebow had that baby face whenever he was making his you know high school announcement. Like, but Brandon Spikes looked like he could be Tim Tebow's daddy. He looks like he was actually making his selection in the NFL draft at that point. Right. Right. Or maybe like uh, changing teams in the NFL. Yeah. Um, does crazy Siler punch the teammate because he put his legs down during an ab workout? Yeah. He just went over. He said, "I'm if you if you put your legs down again, I'm gonna punch you in the face." And he did it. <laughs> the guy put his legs down and he punched him in the face. I don't think he even got suspended off of that. No, either. I don't think. So. I, I don't. Like I feel like we would have heard something like that if Ur- that would have happened. Urban Meyer liked that jungle culture. Oh yeah, he kept it. Yeah, I think he did a good job of keeping it hush hush because I I don't think we really saw very much of it. Like it like the all the fucking gladiator shit that was going on. I we didn't hear very much about it. Yeah, it was it was pretty intense. Um, I will say they did not go into a lot of details of a lot of shit that went on in Florida. I mean, we can get on. We can get so far. Yeah, we can I, get okay, into that know, a little uh, bit we, later. Yeah, we uh, we got there was. Uh, so we're on the internet, you know, like ninety nine percent of the people out there. So we did see a couple of spoilers, but we still haven't watched episode two and three. So or three and four. So we'll get to we'll get to episode three and four when we when we watch it. But okay. um, I forgot that South Carolina was a last second field goal away from beating Florida. In 06. That mm-hmm. would have put them out of contention. And I th- honestly, I think that would have put South Carolina in contention. Yeah. Like, uh, I forgot those Steve Spurrier teams that he had in South Carolina were good. They would. He, they- I, I, well, let's put it this way. He made the most out of what he had. Yeah. Well, he was consistent. I think he had the most amount of nine, ten win seasons in a row at uh, at South Carolina. Mm-hmm. He was good. He's just a good ball coach. Yep. Um. The all oh, the fucking SEC championship game in 06. Mm-hmm. I forgot all. I forgot how good Arkansas was with that with that dual running back with Derrick McFadden and uh, Felix Jones. Yep, unreal. They they invented the the Wildcat. Yeah, that was back when they uh, they invented the Wildcat. Houston they, Nutt was the head coach. Yeah, and, they literally invented the Wildcat. Yeah, because he just. I mean, he had possibly the two best backs in the nation on his team, and mm-hmm. just. His idea was, I can't have both. I can't have just one of these guys on the field at one time. I need both of them on the field. They were that good. Yeah, and they invented the Wildcat. Yep. And then Ronnie Brown and Cadillac Williams tried to imitate it, right? Or was that? A, they were about the same time, actually. 
Or was it was Cadillac before? Cadillac was before. Cadillac were, was before. That's true. They were back in 03? 03. 03. Yeah. 04. Yep. Yep. That's right. Because Ronnie Brown got drafted. They both got drafted in 2004. Yep. You're right. Um, But yeah, that, 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 it, it, wild. Wild. Um, The national championship game, that Ohio State team was stacked. Penton on, on defense, Ted Ginn Jr. on offense, like Troy Brown or Troy, what's, what was his name? Troy Smith. Troy Smith, yeah, the Troy, quarterback. Um, Troy Smith, Heisman winner that year. Had a good team. Jim Trussell was the coach. Um, yeah, I forgot about all the buildup that was leading up into that game because honestly, I do remember they made it look like Ohio State was invincible. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's also funny that they lost two national championship games in a row. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler, no. they lost in 2007, too. LSU. Yep. What's up? Um dude, Ted Ginn Jr. was so fast, man. That 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 uh kickoff return at the beginning of the game just it is pretty crazy that they end up that Florida ended up coming back and just annihilating them. It was yeah, that was it wasn't even close. It, it was 41-14. They pummeled Ohio State. Yeah. It was great. Love it. I can't but, stand it. But Ohio from State. the start of it, I have to say, we gotta point out Urban Meyer's re- initial reaction and Brandon Seiler to calm him down. Yeah. That, that was, was that was a legit turning moment right mm-hmm. there. Yep, yep. Big time veteran move by yep. Brandon Seiler. Like, hey, look, if we're not gonna score more than seven points, then we don't deserve to be here. He's in he, he's not wrong. He's yeah. not wrong. Um <laughs> he uh it, it, it's he because like Urban Meyer even said it at the beginning at the in the first episode he was like this guy I need to this guy's got to lead he's the leader he's got to be the leader and he's a he he's he's a very um gosh wait let's put it this way it's I'm trying to think of like you know jungle like environment he he spotted the alphas he he the silverback gorilla that is the uh, the head of the tribe yes okay. Yeah, no, that, and that was him. Yeah, and he—it wasn't like he was ended up being a good NFL uh, player. He actually only played like what six years. I mean, which, six. that's not bad. That's not bad, but he wasn't anything like su- spectacular. No superstar status type no. of thing. But man, some people were just ma- meant for college. Oh yeah, just meant for college. Um, so yeah, though, all in all, um, pretty much what I've gathered for the first from the first two episodes, just basically go to the hood. And recruit the biggest motherfucking guys you can find. And do some mat drills. And do mat drills. And maybe have a uh and maybe one homeschool <laughs> or church boy. Yeah, one church. <laughs> you gotta have the church boy. You gotta have the church boy at quarterback. He's the he's the glue guy. Yeah. He's the glue guy in the locker room. That's the guy that everybody's gonna latch on to. Yeah. But he's not you can't have the puny little guy, the puny little church guy. He's gotta be full fledged into it. Yeah, oh this guy yeah, exactly. This guy's gotta be like I'm talking jacked through the Holy Spirit. Yeah, jacked through the yeah. Holy Spirit. Yeah. yeah, man. Like he's gotta be you can't, like you said, you can't have the skinny dude. You can't have the ki- the church boy be like the kicker. Yeah, it, it won't work. It won't work. No. Um, last thing I have is, honestly, he he, Urban Meyer, might may have started the dual quarterback like with Tim Tebow and Chris Leak. Um, he could have used Tim Tebow a little bit more. I forgot. I for some reason in my mind, I thought he used Tim Tebow way more in during the 06 season. Um. But he like he brought I think he brought him in at like the perfect times. He was that that boost of energy that everybody ra- ra- blah, rallied around, mm-hmm. and 
I don't know. He, he used him perfectly. Yeah. Chris Leak, because Chris Leak was not good. I will say this, though, because typically when they have a talented quarterback that they bring in for special packages, coaches do it as a luxury item. I felt like that that season, it was a necessity. Yes. For them. Like, that was, like, Tim Tebow had to be a part of that offense at oh, some point. Yeah. If Tim Tebow wasn't there, they wouldn't have won. They wouldn't have won half the, the games they won. Or, yeah. Or that national championship that year. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because he, he, he turned, again, he was a momentum shift. Every time he got in, the crowds were just going nuts. Yeah. Loved it. But, yeah. And parties. And parties, apparently, yeah. <laughs> Brandon Siler was not happy. Not happy. He uh, so, Big mad. So apparently he brought Tim Tebow with him to a party after they won the national champion, Or it might have been a, the SEC championship. Yeah, it was the SEC championship game. And uh, he uh, <laughs> a girl came up to him. He's like, oh, you're that guy. And Brandon Siler's like, yeah, yeah, I'm that guy. And she goes, yeah, you're the guy that came in with Tim Tebow. <laughs> Demoralized Siler. Especially a true freshman. Yeah. A true true freshman getting more clout. It's a tough look. It was was a tough look for Brandon Siler. I I can I I could see exactly where where Brandon Siler's frustration stemmed from. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But anyways, you got anything else on the documentary? No, I'm uh, looking forward to episode three and four. Yep, I'm uh, I'm pretty pumped about it. So we'll uh, we'll recap episode three and four. And uh, if you got, got anything else. I'll uh we'll wrap up the show. I think we're good. All right. Love y'all.